Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. Yet no matter our age, educational level, or accomplishments, we can still fall victim to scams, frauds, and believe it or not, the lures of a cult. Our guest today, Spencer Schneider, knows firsthand what it feels like to live under the fear of physical and sexual abuse, forced labor, and the sheer terror of suffering long-term, broad-ranging exploitation. He has just come out with a fascinating and compelling account of his 23-year-long ordeal. His book is called Manhattan Cult Story, My Unbelievable True Story of Sex, Crimes, Chaos, and Survival. And he's joining us today to share all about it. Boy, I can't wait to hear more about this story. So welcome, Spencer. Thanks for having me, Mary Ellen. I'm happy to be here. Well, and I would like to start out by acknowledging it must have taken a lot of courage on your part, personal courage, because even just uh, writing the book itself had to have been frightening because you're reliving a lot of really uncomfortable experiences. So let's start out by you telling us why you chose to write so openly about your life and why this time it was the time to kind of bring it all to the world. Well, thank you for, for saying that. I felt um, that, it, that unless I wrote, you know, spilled it all, uh, um, that it wasn't going to be, you know, uh, relatable to anybody and that, you know, all of the memoirs that I read, you know, by people, you know, who were survivors of difficult situations, they were all very open. And so either you can, either you got to do that or just don't bother. You know, that was my feeling about it. And I very much wanted the story to get out there because, um, I, I think, it, you know, I thought it would be helpful to other people. I had no idea that it would be, but I thought it would be helpful um, for people to know what I went through. Well, absolutely. So speaking of that, that we will start, start that off as the, as the beginning of the interview, because tell us a little bit about what you went through about the cult and how you happened to join. Well, what it was presented to me was, uh, you know, um, a, a, a cl- couple of classes a week at night um, where we would get together and talk about philosophy and philosophers and use uh, the information to improve our lives. That was really the premise of it, and it didn't sound like much of a big deal. Uh, and, I, you know, I was invited for a one-month experiment where I could go to these classes um, they met in evenings in Lower Manhattan. I was 29. I was an attorney and working long hours. And it was interesting to, you know, try something new. And I, I didn't expect to be there as long as I was, and it was 23 years. Um, and that's, you know, how – that's basically the beginning of it. Um, I could get more into, you know, how, uh, how it became an addiction to me. If you'd like. I would like you to do that as well, but I also want to kind of preface that point with you had a lot of good yeah. company. You, met, you know, you were a lawyer, and this group that you went to uh, were composed basically of highly educated young professionals. So it wasn't like you were going to some weird spot where you know everybody looked like you know they <laughs> were quite in the real world. You you were surrounded with people who were your peers. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, there was nothing strange about it that would lead me to believe that it was anything other than, um, you know, a self-improvement class, which, you know, was not something I was really looking for, but I liked the people who invited me. You know, there was this real um, – I trusted them. They were highly intelligent, and they had this really – deep connection with each other that I thought, gee, that's really interesting. I, I don't have that with too many people. Why don't I check it out? So that's what grabbed me. I had no idea that it was all a ruse and that this sort of show that they put on for me was really just to lure people in um, to the group. Um, it, they did charge $300 a month which was not a terrible amount um, to pay, but I've, I've mentioned this amount to some of my friends, and they're like, I would never have joined just because of paying any money to go to this. Um, but, you know, there, there were, it, it was compelling at first, you know, um, and interesting. Um, and slowly, um, I really felt like I was falling in love with this group, what we were learning. I loved the people. And, um, uh, you know, y you get hooked on something. So that's kind of how the beginning wa developed. Well, Willie, that sounds like, I mean, again, you're kind of very comfortable. You're learning new things. You're challenged. You're developing these great relationships. So how did it start to turn into something a little bit more, a little different than that? Well, what they, what they do is it's very gradual. You know, they kind of um, push the boundaries little by little um, until you don't realize that they've crossed so many. So, for instance, in the beginning, um, although it was very supportive and very lovey-dovey, and they were very supportive in my business also. They, they you know, encouraged me because I went into a new uh, business. I opened my own law practice, and, you know, they would – make demands on my time. You know, for instance, they asked us to do recruiting of other people. That took a lot of time. And in fact, several people didn't want to do it and left the group. Um, if they hadn't had stopped, you know, asking me to do recruiting when they did, I probably would have left. So they kind of went just to the limit on that. They started asking people about their personal lives and, and getting, you know, in offering uh, advice. And at first it wasn't so in-depth, um, but then eventually they started getting into people's, like, you know, sex lives and asking about those and deep personal secrets and whatnot. And before you know it, um, we were uh, revealing everything. My gosh, I mean, that just sounds like, you know, it, it, like you said, it was kind of like they were grooming you, like you think of like a pedophile or something in a way, where you felt very comfortable, and then slowly, even without your maybe conscious awareness, all these kinds of things started to happen. So when did it get really, you know, where you began to realize, hey, this isn't normal? Well, I saw so many things, I think, you know, I saw so many things that were not no, uh, normal, and I didn't think anything of it, you know, like we were paying in cash. Like I'll tell you a bunch of things that, you know, you and I right now will see as red flags that I didn't, but at a certain point I did. Um, the, and the point 
Well, let me just give you some of the things. Like we were all paying in cash. I noticed that couples sort of swapped. Like one day Mary and Joe were married, and then they kind of started going out with other people, and then they got married. Um, the leader uh, encouraged um, they encouraged, uh, there were a lot of uh, sudden, people suddenly adopted children from we didn't know where, but it turned out from other people in the group. Um, someone in the group who we thought was gay got married to a woman. Um, and then we started doing like these, you know, construction projects. Um, and, you know, which we all thought were, uh, you know, for our benefit, nobody really wanted to do it. But we, we did them. When I realized something was wrong was when the leader, whose name was Sharon Gans, um, who lived a, a, a very lavish lifestyle, and I saw her, the, lav, the, lav, the lifestyle she led, and that created some questions in my mind. But, but you know, I, I think it was about halfway in the 23 years I was in there. I realized that... Um, Something was wrong because so many people uh, suddenly left because she was acting in a very uh, deranged manner and very violent, very angry, yelling at people. <sighs> and I, I couldn't really get out at that time. I had just been, been, been married to somebody who was in the group. And if anyone uh, left, they would, you know, the leaders would, you know, you know encourage people to get divorced. Um, so I didn't want to get divorced, so I stayed in the group, really, because uh, because of my wife, who wanted to stay in the group. So that's when things really deteriorated for me, and they just declined further and further through the years. Well, and so, I mean, I don't want you to give the whole story away, cause, because your book is really, like I say, a compelling read, and it's fascinating. But how were you finally kind of able to extricate yourself, just a little bit, uh, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, um, uh, you know, I, I got divorced. The leader really got involved in my um, in, in the child child custody issues, and, and I realized that this this had carried on too far in my life. So I, you know, um, left, and um, I also had hit, hit rock bottom mentally. I was uh, having severe depression, and yeah. my you know my whole life was falling apart. So. That was that was it, and that that's what led to me to get out after all those years. Wow. Well, your book has been obviously garnered a lot of interest. People are fascinated by your story. Uh, do you have any goals that, as you were writing, uh, you know, obviously reviewing your own life and what happened to you had to have been cathartic? And we did talk a little bit about that when we had a chance to chat. But what do you hope your readers are going to take away from this story? Yeah, I mean, I hope anyone who's been in any abusive situation will see that there is hope, that you're not alone, that people can get out of these things, and that hopefully you could recognize it. You know, I gave a bunch of hallmarks of cults and other kind of abusive situations, which I hope is helpful, and that people can say, hey, uh, if you can get out, um, I can too, and uh, find help. Um, I hope it's a hopeful book. That's my hope. 
Well, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that readers who have found themselves in similar situations will absolutely appreciate your honesty and that hopeful aspect of it. And again, so what are some of the ways that you used to heal from this emotional trauma? It had to have been traumatic for sure. The biggest thing, uh, first of all, I got um, uh, professional help with a therapist, but the biggest thing was to start to stop blaming myself and being harsh on myself about uh, things that happened to me by other people, you know, uh, to stop blaming myself. And that was the biggest thing that um, I did, but with a lot of help. It was very hard to do that. Um, and I think we all can be uh, stand to be gentler with ourselves uh, and, and, and con- consequently with other people. That would make the world a lot uh, nicer place to be. Well, I second that emotion. I believe in that, too. And, Spencer, before we go, you have a website. So where can our listeners go to find out more about you, your work, and, of course, uh, this fabulous book? Thank you. Uh, It's spencer-schneider.com. And that's where you can find me. And I'd love to hear from listeners and readers and whatnot. Um, Thank you so much. Well, and I have to let our listeners know, I got the great pleasure of chatting with you a little bit, you know, before the show, and you are such a warm and welcoming and gracious person. I invite them for sure to check out that website. So before we do have to leave, any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience? I just want to say, um, uh, you know, I wish everyone uh, the best, and, uh, you know, um, enjoy uh, your life. with all the ups and downs in it. Well, that is a very great way to leave it here. And, Spencer, thank you so much for giving us your thoughts, uh, sharing this multilayered and fascinating story with us. And I really I urge everybody out there, please check out Spencer's website and his book, Manhattan Cult Story. It's a page-turner for sure, but it's got a message that's going to both inform and enlighten you and give you a window into what can happen out there in the dark world of cults. But, Spencer... Again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Mary Ellen. A real pleasure to be here. My pleasure, too. And so until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.